0: Chapter 14 tonight, Matthew chapter number 14, and uh, I'm sorry guys that were at the prayer breakfast or tuned in yesterday, you're going to get a little bit of a double tonight, uh, but I uh, wanted to give you some, uh, just some thoughts, uh, lessons from Peter as he walked on the water, and uh, so this is a little bit different than what I did to the men, uh, We definitely applied it differently the other day, but uh, uh, great passage of scripture. And I want to just give you some thoughts from this this evening. And so turn to Matthew chapter number 14 and we'll start reading in verse number 22. Matthew chapter number 14. And look at verse number 22. The Bible tells us here, "...and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray." And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. uh, And they, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water." And he said, Come. When Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the winds boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, uh, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And When they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they were on the ship, came and worshipped him, saying of a truth, Thou art the Son of God. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll get into this this evening. Father, thank you for this opportunity once again to open up God's Word. And Lord, I pray you'd help us tonight as we look at these uh, four simple truths from this passage. Lord, I pray you'd help us to uh, just have a real uh, a real faith in our life. Uh, Lord, just a, a faith that uh, can do anything, a faith that can do the impossible, uh, a faith that goes beyond our human comprehending. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us just to trust and to follow you in everything that we do, And everything that we say, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. And uh, here in this passage, we see uh, a very familiar story, very familiar passage of Scripture. uh, Peter walking on the water. And, uh, you know, as we think about Peter, I I think, uh, as I told the guys the other day, Peter's a a guy that we can all identify with. Uh, He definitely had his high points. He definitely had his low points. He said a lot of great things. He said a lot of really dumb things. Uh, Peter is just your ordinary guy that as he lived life uh, a lot of times he didn't think about what he was doing he didn't think about what he was saying he just did it and sometimes it came out really well and sometimes it didn't come out very well at all and uh, this is one of those high moments if you will in Peter's life and uh, you know although uh, sometimes I think we We focus, uh, or or I've heard preaching that focuses on Peter's doubt and and the fact that Peter sank in the water. Uh, But if you get right down to the matter, Peter's the only one who's ever walked on water. Uh, Peter's the only one who got out of the boat. And so uh, as you think about this story and as you think about Peter and what he did, yes, there was a low point in the story as he began to sink. But again, he was the the. The one uh, or the uh, the person of the eight percent out of the disciples that got out of the boat and actually walked on the water and uh, as we think about Peter certainly he stumbled at times but if you think about Peter's life he never failed to truly follow Jesus obviously there were times low points and, and high points there were times you know the time he denied Christ uh, after Christ's crucifixion he went back went to fishing Uh but ultimately, he was called back by Jesus, went back, and, and you're talking about Peter who stood at the day of Pentecost and preached, uh, and thousands of people trusted Christ. And, and so, you know, Peter's life it is a, somewhat of a roller coaster as you kind of look through it. But as you look through the whole thing, there was never really a point where Peter just completely did not follow Christ. He was always there. He was always willing to come back. He was always willing to exhibit a faith that many of the other disciples, to a certain point, did not have. Uh, and some of that we see in some of the things that he said, some of the things that he did, like here in this passage. And so as we get into this tonight, we're, we're going to see, number one, is that Peter had great faith. Uh, we're just going to look at these, these four simple truths. Look at verse number 28 with me. Uh, and the Bible says, and Peter answered him and said, Lord... If it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. You know, I told the guys the other day, you know, I, I don't know if their boats, if they had, uh, you know, a, a little rowboat or, or a lifeboat of any kind. Um, you know, but Peter didn't say, let me get into another safety net. Let me get into something else that floats and, and, and get out to you on the water somehow. Uh, Peter said, let me get out of, of the boat and come to you on top of the water. And, and again, I think, uh, I think we would all agree, although some people have tried to manufacture and, and, and fake walking on water, uh, Peter's the only one who has actually walked on the water. Um, you know, I, I see videos sometimes, you, you see these guys who, who are super fast and they try and run from the shore and they start to run across and they get like 10 or 15 feet, uh, but eventually they sink. It's just human, all right, it's scientific gravity is going to go down, we're going to sink in the water. and uh, But Peter here, he gets to walk on the water. And Peter had a great faith. It was his idea. It wasn't one of the other disciples. It wasn't somebody else that said, hey, why doesn't one of us go out on the water? Why doesn't one of us see if Jesus will let us walk out there? It wasn't one of the disciples that said, Peter, you're always the one that's willing to step out, so Go walk on the water. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, let me come. And what did Jesus say? Come. And it was that easy. And so Peter begins to go out and he walks on the water. And Peter, as he was coming down out of the ship in verse 29, walked on the water to go to Jesus. Peter wanted to take the risk. He wanted to walk on the water. It was his idea, and he stepped out in faith when Jesus told him to, even though it didn't make sense to his natural understanding. If you think about what Peter was asking God to be able to do, you think about Peter making this request Lord, let me come out on the water. I I don't know if it was just in the moment where Peter was once again just said something without thinking about it, and he said, Lord, let me come out on the water, and Jesus said, come, and then he goes, oh, stink. That means i got to get out of the boat. You know, I don't know that it was that way. I, I think Peter really did have the thought, let me go out. Let me come to you on top of the water. And when Jesus said, come, he got out of the boat, and he began to walk towards Jesus. But it it went against everything he knew naturally. We're talking about a man of the sea. We're talking about a man who made his living before he came and followed Christ and was called to be a disciple. We're talking about a man who who lived and breathed on that sea. He knew what it meant to get out of the boat. He knew it meant, I'm going in the water. But when he said, Lord, if it's you, let me come out on the water, he also knew what that was saying. And he knew what he was asking. And when he stepped out and he began to walk, he began to walk on the water to go to Jesus. As we think about each one of these thoughts, we're just going to make an application for each one as well. So what about you? Where do you need to step out in faith in your life? You know, no matter how hard Peter thought about it, he couldn't have come up with a way that he could walk on the water. He couldn't manufacture it himself. He could not do it in his own strength. It had to be something God enabled and God allowed him to do that he did by faith. And sometimes we need to take the step that God is calling us to before we can see how it's going to unfold. Peter asked to do this, but I don't know that he fully understood how it was going to happen. He said, Lord, Lord, let me come out to you on the water. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't, I don't know as far as, you know, if he just thought, I'm, I'm just going to get out, I'm going to walk. You know, again, Peter knew the sea. Peter knew the water. I don't know that he fully comprehended how this was going to happen, but he said, Lord, let me come on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And so he got out and he stepped out. And sometimes we need to take that first step. Sometimes we need to get out of the boat and take the step. And then we begin to realize how God is going to unfold the next step and how God is going to allow us to take the next step and how God is going to allow us to take the next step and the next step and the next step. And, and, and this walk in the Christian life is a step-by-step process. But sometimes it takes us saying, by faith, I'm going to take that first step. Once I'm on the water, then I'll take the next step, and then I'll take the next step, and I'll just keep walking to Jesus. I'll just keep going. I'll just keep following him as long as he keeps leading. And God is going to keep leading. He's going to keep revealing the next step and the next step and the next step. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not to thine own understanding. And in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct thy steps. He shall do it. So it's a step-by-step process that we must take, but we've got to take the first step. So may I ask you tonight, where are you staying safe in the boat in your life instead of stepping out in faith onto the water that goes against maybe even your understanding? You know, there's lots of things that come into life and we don't fully understand. I I think all of us could say we don't fully understand what's going on right now in our world. Uh, There's aspects of it we do, but there's a whole lot of it that no one understands. I think there's aspects of of just our day-to-day life that we don't understand. You know, we don't understand why God takes a loved one at different times in life. We don't understand why we go through the problems that we go through. We don't understand why people make decisions they make. We don't understand uh, why decisions are made and why people persecute other people and why there's all of these different things that we deal with. But I think as we take that step of faith and say, God, show me what to do, show me where to go, show me how to do it, Show me what the next step is. That as we get out of the boat, as we get out of the comfort zone of life, we can take that next step and God will reveal the next step. And God will reveal the next step. What I, what I, what I kind of challenged the guys with was this, is that, look, we've got to get out of the boat. If we want to see God do something extraordinary, something unordinary through us, in our lives, then we've got to get out of the comfort zone. We've got to get out of the safety net, so to speak. And and not not to be foolish, we're not getting ourselves out of the safety net of God's safety, uh, but out of our comfort zone, out of where we feel comfortable as human beings. That's where God is going to really begin to test and to try and to reveal himself to us. And I think as we look back through, through Scripture and as you look back across many different stories, you see people that did extraordinary things for God, but it took them getting outside of their comfort zone. You, you think about, uh, you know, I mean, we could go through story after story after story and, and, and illustrate this. You think about Noah. Uh, Noah walked with God, yes, but I think it was a little bit outside of his comfort zone to build an ark. That was not his daily routine. That was not his daily life. It began to be for 120 years he built that boat. But it took him getting outside of his comfort zone and and stepping out on faith and trusting God in the midst of all the ridicule and all of the persecution that came as he was building that boat. And yet he still did it by faith. You see, people like David, uh, you know, David went out and he faced Goliath. I think whether he had faced a lion or a bear before or not, I think stepping onto the battlefield and facing Goliath was probably outside of his comfort zone to a certain extent. Did he have faith that God was going to take care of him and protect him just like he did with the lion and the bear? Yes. But he still stepped out of that comfort zone. We we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego this morning, or or, or Daniel Uh, they stepped outside of their comfort zone and stood up for something, stood up against sin, stood up against wrong, and God blessed. You think about Peter, obviously, stepping out of his comfort zone. You think about Paul stepping outside of his comfort zone. Think about person after person after person that did extraordinary things for God. They got outside of themselves and allowed God to do something great through their life. They came to the end of themselves, in a sense, and allowed God to work through them. So we see Peter had great faith. May I encourage you to get out of the boat? Don't stay in the place of safety or comfort, but allow God to stretch you to do more than you thought was humanly possible, to do more than you thought you could do, because we're not really the ones that are doing it anyways. God is doing it through us. So Peter had a great faith. But number two, Peter's doubt came from his natural eyes. If you think about the fact that when Peter began to sink, look at verse number 28. The Bible says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come uh, unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter uh, came down out of the boat, walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me when he saw the wind, when he took his eyes and his focus off of Jesus Christ, that's when he began to falter. That's when he began to fail in what he was doing. That's when he began to sink. And again, I I think we focus on, I don't want to focus on that negative because Peter did get out of the boat. Peter exhibited a great faith, but Peter's doubt came when he reverted back to his natural eyesight instead of trusting by faith. And the same is true of us. When we we revert back to that comfort, when we revert back to that safety, when we revert back to what I can understand and what I can feel and what I can see and what I can touch and what I can, you know, manufacture, I'm comfortable there. But that's not where God wants us to be. Peter doubted when he looked at his surroundings, and he took his eyes off of Jesus. And it can be far too easy for us to take our eyes off of Jesus and to be consumed with our circumstances in life. Uh, the things that come and go, the, the difficulties, some of the things we talked about this morning, when we only look at what is around us, we can't see things the way that God sees them. Because we're focused on, on the here and now. We're focused on, on what's, what's right in front of us. When God is seeing the whole picture, and he knows where our next step needs to go, he knows what, is, what the influences are and what the, the difficulties are and whatever the, the things that we're dealing with are, the surroundings, the circumstances of life. God knows all of those things. But he wants us to trust him that even though we may not see it, the next step he will make clear to us. As we as we think about may, maybe walking in the dark, walking blindfolded, somebody leading you, uh, you know, it, it's tough sometimes to take that step. But as we start to take a step and we start to take another step and we start to take another step, sometimes it begins to get a little easier to trust the person who you're following or the person who's leading you. And as we step-by-step step follow God, I believe it gets easier for us to do that. When Peter looked at his surroundings, his faith withered and began to sink. The same happens to us today when we we keep our eyes on God, we can walk by faith in him. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Verse 1 talks about the fact that, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run the race with patience that is set before us. And if we're going to run that race, if we're going to do well in the race that God has put us in here in life, guess what? We're going to have to do it by faith, focusing on Jesus Christ. That's what verse 2 is talking about. We've got to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one who gave us the ability to exhibit faith. He's the one who is ultimately going to bring about the, the conclusion or the fruition of our faith. When we see him one day and we, and we get to spend an eternity with him. But in between those two things, we've got to continue every day to walk by faith. And he will continue to lead us just as he started it and just as he is going to finish it. We've got to follow him. So again, what about you tonight? Is there a situation that makes it easy for you to take your eyes off of Christ? Is there something in your life where, where you know It's easy for me in this certain circumstance or when this certain thing is going this way, it's easy for me to fall back and put my trust in me and not necessarily go to the Lord. Or when things are going well in life or when I do have the money to do it, I don't necessarily ask God about that decision or this decision that has to do with my money. I just do it because the money's there. It's easy for us sometimes when it's there and when, when, we, when, when we're there, to, to not trust and to not seek God's counsel and God's wisdom, it's easy for us to just kind of stay in that safety net of our own selves and not put our faith and trust in Him. So what is the situation that makes it easy for you to take your eyes off of Christ and leave them on your situation or on your circumstances? The first step is to recognize it and give, it, and give God time to give you His perspective on things ask for his wisdom. We mentioned that this morning James chapter 1 talks about if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not. He's not going to hold anything back. If we ask him for wisdom, he will give us wisdom. He will show us what we need to do in whatever circumstance we are in. God wants us to use his perspective and to use his vision in our lives. To not look through the eyes uh, through, through our eyes But look through things as the way God sees them. Be led by the Spirit of God. Uh, The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel that that, uh, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. God looks at things differently than we do. And that's why it's so important for us to follow him and trust him in our lives, because he knows what we need. He's looking at it from a different perspective. You ever looked at like a, a, a model? Um, you look at it from a side view and all you see is, is kind of a, a one-dimensional or two-dimensional type of view. You just see kind of a, a flat surface and that's all you get. You don't really get what's inside of it. But you take that same model and you add all those dimensions to it and you flip it so that you can see it from maybe a, a top perspective and it begins to take a little bit better form. It begins to take a lot more shape it's a totally different perspective on the same thing. And that's the way that God is looking at things. We see, thing, see things from that, from that one dimensional type of perspective. We're just looking at it from what we can see in one way. But God is looking at it not only from above, but God is looking at it from an eternal perspective as well. And, and that's why we have got to trust and got to follow and got to put our faith in what Christ knows and what He knows and is, and is leading us in our lives. Remember, it's always about him and his desire to make you more like Christ. We may not always see how that is going to happen, so we need to trust God, and that means we must walk by faith. We've got to take these steps. Just like Peter, as he got out of the boat, he took that first step and he began to walk on the water to go to Jesus. But when he sank, number three, Peter turned to Jesus as soon as he started to sink. Peter turned to Jesus. He didn't turn back to the boat. As soon as he started to sink, he didn't start swimming for his life. What was his immediate response? Jesus, save me. He cried unto him. Look at verse number 30. The Bible tells us here, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. It wasn't John. John. It wasn't Andrew, it wasn't Thomas, it wasn't any one of the other disciples. He wasn't saying to them, throw me me a a, a rope, throw me something I can grab a hold of. He immediately, he didn't didn't turn around, he's starting to sink. I think he's already pointed in Jesus' direction. He didn't take time to turn around and try to go back to where he came from. He immediately looked up and said, Lord save me. Lord, help me in my circumstance. When Peter sank, or, or we could use the, use the thought that he failed, when he started to sink and he started into this area of failure in his life, he turned to Jesus, not back to the boat. His old way, his old self, his old comfort zone, his old safety net. He stayed somewhat focused on Christ. Did he begin to sink? Yes, But he remembered who was holding him up on the water in the first place, and he said, Lord, save me. When we encounter problems, it can be easy to just focus on the situation in front of us or, or, or on how our natural self may want to handle something. It's easy for us to fall back on what we know, what has worked in the past, because that's safe. Because, again, that's comfortable. Because that's worked. But what God wants us to do is call out to him. He wants to help us in our time of need. When Peter realized what was happening, he reached out to Jesus in desperation. and Jesus saved him, and he desires to do the same for us today. We're safe when we reach out to Jesus for help, but it doesn't mean everything will be easy or that there will be no problems in our life. It just means we have someone there that's going to help us when we need it. He's going to help us when we don't need it. He is there all the while, just like we saw this morning. So again, I ask, what about you? Where do you need to turn back to Christ for help? Where do you need to call out to God and say, God, in a sense, save me? God, I'm sinking in this circumstance. I'm sinking in this area of my life. I feel like I can't get out. And there's areas sometimes where we feel like that and we need to just say, Lord, I need help. Lord, save me. Lord, give me assistance. Lord, reach down and pick me back up. Where do you need to turn back to Christ for help? Don't waste time thinking, you need to fix something before you turn to him. Reach out and grab for his hand, for he is ready and he is waiting for you. But when, the wind, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Can I encourage you just to reach out to God for help? Hebrews 4.16 says this, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may find mercy that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. As a child of God, you have ultimate entrance to the throne of grace any time that you need it. What a great promise for us to be able to claim and say, you know what, I can go anytime. Even when it may not be what we would consider maybe a big deal or something big in our lives. But guess what? God still cares. saw that verse in Psalm 139 this morning that he thinks thoughts towards us every day that are beyond the number of the sand on the seashore. God cares for us. And that brings us to number four, Jesus helped Peter immediately. Look at the next verse, verse number 31. The Bible tells us, And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Immediately. Jesus didn't let Peter try and fend for himself. Jesus didn't let Peter flounder around in the water as punishment or or trying to make him realize that he failed. As soon as Peter called out to God, God immediately reached down and picked him back up and saved him. Jesus didn't leave Peter to figure out how to get out of the situation he had caused by his doubt. When Peter asked Jesus to save him, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, and he will do the same for you today if you will but ask. Look at the end of that verse. O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Think about this. Jesus also gave Peter something kind of to aspire to when he asked him, Wherefore didst thou doubt? Think about the situation they're in. The Bible doesn't tell us, in fact, it tells us here in verse 32, when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. So they're still in the middle of the storm. They're still in the middle of the waves. They're still in the middle of the wind. Jesus has caught Peter. But I, I, kind, of, I kind of picture this almost like They're kind of in the eye of the storm where it's completely peaceful. There's nothing going on. And you kind of just see the peace of Jesus Christ as he looks at Peter and says, why'd you doubt? What was the reason? Why'd you stop trusting you were walking on the water? The simplicity of this question from Jesus makes it clear really just how unnecessary Peter's doubt was. Peter was walking on the water and, and, and began to sink. Jesus picks him back up after he asks him to save him. And, and Jesus looks at him and says, Peter, it was unnecessary. The doubt was unnecessary. You were already on top of the water. You're already walking. The storm didn't matter you were looking at me, that was all that mattered. Just continue to trust. And I think Jesus is just trying to get Peter to see, look, the faith you got out of the boat is the same faith you just keep walking with. It's so simple. And, and, you know, sometimes we make it harder than it has to be. We think about faith sometimes as this abstract thing that we're not quite sure how it works or, or, or how to do it. But yet, Jesus taught in other places in the New Testament here that if you have the faith as just the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to the sycamore tree, get up and throw your, cast yourself in the sea and it will do it. Or you can say to this mountain, move and it will be moved. Just, just a small, tiny As we look at it, an insignificant amount of faith. And yet God says that's all the faith you need to move mountains. To do extraordinary things. To do unordinary things for me. But we've got to exhibit that faith. What about you? Where do you doubt? When it comes to your life, when it comes to your faith, what situation always causes the doubt. Some of us, it could be family. Some of us, it could be finances. Some of us, it could be health. Some of us, it could be future. We're just unsure, and it always causes me to wonder and doubt. I think if we think about it, I think all of us kind of know what that area is for us. God says, just just." Put your faith in him. Where do you doubt? Where can you reach your hand out to Jesus and say, save me? Just turn to him and he will turn to you and help immediately. He'll do it immediately. You know, Peter is a great example for us tonight. He wasn't perfect and failed more than once in his life. But he always followed Christ. He didn't let his shortcomings get in the way or slow him down for what God wanted to do through his life. Did he have a lot of them? Yes. Peter had a lot of shortcomings. He said a lot of stupid things. There were many times where he stuck not only his foot, but his entire leg down his throat and ate the entire thing. But Peter always continued to go on. And I think we see the end of that story. Not not really the end, but really the beginning of his true ministry at the day of Pentecost. And 3,000 people trusted Christ as he stood up to preach. It would have never happened if he had let the storm keep him down. If he had let... The, the times where he failed, the times where he stuck his foot in his mouth, the times where he said things he shouldn't have said, if he had let those things stop him, he may not have ever stood on the day of Pentecost. Would there have been a day of Pentecost? I believe there probably would have been. I think God would have just used somebody else to do it. But God used Peter because Peter kept going forward and kept following Christ even after the failures that he had. So can I ask you tonight, where do you need to get out of the boat? Where do you need to trust? Where do you need to ask God for, to, to help, to save? Where do you need to just put your faith in him? We would do well to walk in the boldness and faith that Peter had. And maybe we can just think about ways we can do that right now. Where's an area that I need to just trust in an unordinary way that I have not been so far and get out of the boat in the first place? But then continue to follow Jesus, looking at him, focused on him. Where can I do that? And and where can I hopefully then see God do extraordinary, amazing, beyond our comprehending kind of things in our life? because I stepped out in faith in an unordinary way. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day, and thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the life of Peter, and uh, Lord, thank you for, uh, Lord, just the example that he is to us. Uh, Lord, thank you for these, these stories that you've recorded in your word and given to us to show us and to demonstrate to us the different areas of faith that we should have in our life the different aspects of it. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me in my life to to trust you in such a way that I can get out of the boat in an unordinary way and get beyond my own understanding, get out of my comfort zone, get out of what I can understand and what is safe to me. And Lord, may I get out to where you can do something great through my life. And Lord, I pray you'd help each one of us here in this room tonight to, to be willing to say, God, if you want me to get out of the boat, I'll do it. And uh, Lord, if there's an area maybe in our lives where we have trusted, we are uh, we, maybe we have stepped out of the boat. Maybe we're just walking by faith, and maybe there's an area in our lives where we began to sink. Lord, I pray you'd help us just to reach out to you and, and come back to you, and allow you to help us in our time of need. Uh, Lord, whatever the needs are tonight, I pray that you'd meet those needs. And Lord, we love you, and we are so very, very grateful for you. And Lord, we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to give just a short time of invitation tonight. If you would stand with your eyes, your heads bowed and your eyes closed. And uh, if you need to come and spend some time with the Lord, maybe you need to say, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to get out of the boat if you want me to. Maybe you need to come and say, Lord, I need help in this area. I need you to save me from this or whatever it may be. Maybe there's just something going on, and you just need to talk to the Lord. Whatever it is, I'll give you just a moment. If no one comes, we'll close the service. But may I encourage you to get out of the boat? Step out on faith in an unordinary way and allow God to do something extraordinary through your life. Lord, once again, we thank you for your love for us. Thank you for speaking to hearts. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk each and every day in a faith that is pleasing to you. Lord, do something amazing, something extraordinary in our lives because we've gotten out of the boat and we're walking by faith. Uh, Lord, do something through our lives, through this church. Lord, be with pastor tonight. Lord, I pray that they've had a, a great visit with his mom. And, uh, Lord, whenever it is that they uh, are going to be heading back, Lord, I pray you'd keep them safe, bring them back safely to us. Be with Mickey. Lord, I pray you'd give her and her family comfort as they've lost these loved ones. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'd be with the many other requests. Lord, meet every need tonight, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.